up everybody Ooh, that beat goes so hard dude welcome back to what if i told you how religion ruined me and jesus saved me where i detail my experience of breaking free from the depressing the tiring the impossible life of religion and discuss the things that i have learned that have set me spiritually free Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And y'all, thank you so much for all the support. The support I've seen over the past couple of days has been freaking mind-blowing, man. I've gotten so many messages from so many of you that dealt with the same damaging teaching that I dealt with and just so many of you reaching out with affirmation and support. Y'all, it means the world to me. It really, really, really does. Um, And with that... I'm really excited to continue to talk about the things that transformed my spiritual life and that I really, truly believe will transform yours as well. I said on last week's episode that we were diving into the Garden of Eden, but as I was preparing for this episode and just reading through a lot of the messages that I was getting over the past couple of days, um, I really felt like I needed to talk about something different. And so hang with me, y'all. I promise we're going to get into it today. We're gonna, uh, I'm going to provide hopefully some value to you. Um, so stick with me. All right. Stick with me. I promise we're going somewhere. What have I told you? You haven't heard the full story. What have I told you that the story of Jesus dying on the cross that you and I heard as a kid wasn't fully told? For some of you, that may not be a huge shock if you didn't grow up in the church, but for those of us who did, this may sound super crazy. I mean, it's like the most elementary, the most basic thing we learned in church was the story of Jesus growing or (laughs) Jesus growing up for us, Jesus dying for us. But I was blown away when I heard the full story of Jesus dying on the cross and what it all means. Just to recap, the story that I heard growing up was this. We are all sinners. You and I, we're all sinners and we're all destined to go to hell. So God in his grace and his mercy and his kindness, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us so we could go to heaven. It's a free gift. Now, the only thing that we have to do is accept, believe, and confess. Anyone remember the ABCs? I do. Accept, believe, and confess. However, it's necessary for Christians to live by God's, which is really the church's, moral code so you can stay within his grace. At the end of the day, we're all sinners. You and I, we're all sinners. And you can't live by your sinful nature because if you do, you'll go to hell. Even more, Jesus is coming back to the earth soon for the rapture and you need to stay ready, otherwise known as live right, so you don't miss it. Now, for a second, answer me this. Does that sound confusing to anyone else? Because it it always did to me. It's so confusing. Here's what it sounds like. It's a free gift, but it's not. What Jesus did was enough, but it's kind of not. I've heard it this way too. It's unconditional with conditions. It sounds confusing because it is confusing. And it is confusing because it's not all true. Now, like I said in the last episode, this is what I call a theological half-truth. And a theological half-truth is a whole lie. I hope that makes sense. Yes, we had a sinful nature. And yes, Jesus did die on the cross for us so we could go to heaven. But ultimately, that's where we get mixed up. Because here's what we do in the church. We say that Jesus, what Jesus did on the cross was enough. But we don't act like it. In other words, I'll say it like this. We preach that Jesus was enough, yet we try to continue the work that Jesus did on the cross. 
Now, in order for this to fully make sense, you had to understand a couple of things. In the Old Testament, the Israelites who were God's chosen people, this is before Jesus, the Israelites who were God's chosen people had to live by a really strict code of laws that started with the Ten Commandments. I think most of all of us, if not all of us, know about that. Now, the trick was, if you broke one, you broke them all. And so, essentially, the point was, it was impossible. Now, the only way that they could stay right before God was to offer animal sacrifices because God only accepted a sacrifice for sin because that was God's economy. Now, they had to do this once every year to stay in right standing with God. So, their sacrifice that they brought would pay for the sins of the previous year. But here's the thing. Like I said, only a blood sacrifice worked. And Paul talks about this in Hebrews 9. He says, according to the law... Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's that's kind of intense. Without the blood, or without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. The reason they had to continue living up to this incredibly specific and strict law that God gave them was because the sacrifices they, they continued to offer year after year after year were never perfect. The Bible makes it clear that in order for sin to be fully paid for, there had to be perfect. It had to be a perfect, spotless sacrifice. And once humanity found that, we wouldn't have to deal with the problem of sin and the problem of spiritual death anymore. Now, enter Jesus, who the Bible says was the only perfect person to ever live. Now, this may seem a little bit mundane and basic, but hang with me because this is really important and foundational for those who may not know. Jesus was the only person who ever lived a perfect life. He was the only person who was sinless, spotless, and perfect. And so that's why his sacrifice on the cross was so significant because he was the perfect spotless sacrifice that we as humanity were looking for for so long. And we get that. And it's even more important than the fact that it was God's own son. It makes it so much better. But here's what we miss. We miss the fact that what Jesus did on the cross was final. We miss the finality of it. Now, I'm going to use some scripture to back this up because, listen, y'all, if they can use scripture to condemn you, I'm going to use some scripture to set you free. First Peter 3 talks about this. It says this, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous God, for the unrighteous us, to bring us to God. It. Let me read that again a little bit. For Christ also suffered once for sin. It was final. Christ died once, meaning it was final. Paul talks about this in Romans 5. He says this, here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, Adam, in in, in Genesis, another person did it right and got us out of it, being Jesus. But more than just getting out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong, being Adam. One man said yes to God and put many people in in the right and made us all righteous. Now, here's what a lot of believers fail to understand. What Jesus did on the cross really, truly was enough. When Jesus said it and it being sin, the battle for righteousness and right standing with God. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he meant it. And that may seem like duh, but I promise you so many of us don't actually believe this. And here's why. Because of what we were taught, we try and add to it. We try really hard to make sure we stay righteous. We have to prove ourselves worthy of his forgiveness. We have to try really hard to live right so our sin doesn't override Jesus' sacrifice. 
we avoid sin as hard as we can. And our whole focus, like I said last week, our whole focus is avoiding sin so we don't grow further away from him. And here's the big one. We create systems to become more holy. Any of this sound familiar? Six steps to have a better prayer life. How to fast better. Um, Here's what you need to do to make sure that you can grow um, closer to God. You need to become spiritually disciplined in reading your Bible because that's what you're supposed to do. At the like all of this stuff ultimately is adding things to the cross and it's forgetting about the finality of it all. And here's the biggest one. This is the one I heard all the time. I was told this. Jesus bore his cross. Now it's time to bear yours. And this sounds really noble because of the scripture that says we need to bear our cross. And I promised you we will talk about that in another episode. But I heard it all the time. Jesus bore his cross. Now it's time to bear yours. Ultimately, it became my responsibility to continue what Jesus said he finished on the cross. I had to do my part. You had to do your part. But here's the thing. And all of this, we forget about the finality of what Jesus did. And more than that, we forget the fact that there's nothing we can even add to it. And it starts to make sense why I always felt like all the effort and all the sweat and all the the try hard that I put in to my spiritual life was never good enough. I never felt like it was good enough. And here's why. Because it wasn't supposed to be. In the middle of my self-effort and my spiritual hustle, I forgot about the fact that Jesus not only died for my sin, but he died to fulfill every spiritual obligation that was put on me. And let me put it in the terms of you. And in the middle of your self-effort, in the middle of your spiritual hustle, you are forgetting the fact that Jesus didn't only die for your sin and only die to save you. Jesus died to fulfill every spiritual obligation that is put on you. The Bible is clear that because of Jesus, we were made right with God. Now, here's the thing. Catch this. That's past tense. We were made right with God. Romans 5 talks about this. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous, declared past tense, okay? Since we have been declared past tense, righteous by faith, we have present tense, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to that again. Since we have been declared righteous by faith, we now have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Y'all, there's nothing left to add. And here's where it gets really good. Like we heard growing up, this gift is free. But unlike we heard growing up, there is no prerequisite to getting it. There's no getting your life right. There's no confess and ask for forgiveness and act well to this. Because what Jesus did is finished, y'all. And scripture says that you and I are out of the equation. Now take a second and let this sink in. You and I are out of the equation. So many of us try and spend all of our time inserting ourselves back into the equation by believing that self-effort plays a part in this. But here's the thing. Listen to this closely. Jesus took your place in the equation. When Jesus hung on a cross and he bled and he died for you and as you, he took your place in the equation. In the old covenant that God had with the Israelites, the equation looked like this. You do your part and you stay right with God. 
And the new covenant that Jesus wrote with his blood, it looks like this. Jesus was right. Now you're right before God. He took us out of the equation. So you no longer have to spend your time trying to stay right before God in your own actions. Because guess what? Believer, you are right before God. <laughs> that, that's the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross. It was final and now you are you are right before God. You no longer have to spend your time believing that your wrongdoing disqualifies you, disqualifies you from it. Nothing you did right earned it. And nothing you do wrong can disqualify you from it. That's scandalous, but it's true. If you don't believe me, listen to Hebrews 4. This is out of your Bible. Righteousness will be credited to us who believe in him who raised Jesus from the dead. Now, if you didn't catch the, the, the weight of that verse, here's what it's saying. The only thing that you have to do is believe. It's simple. And it sounds too good to be true. I know. I know. It sounds too good to be true. There must be a part I got to play. Nope, there ain't. The only thing you got to do is believe it. It takes the ABCs out the window. Goodbye. Goodbye. Your Uber's here. Is one of my <laughs> one of my favorite comedians. Trey Kennedy says that all the time. Your, your Uber is here, ABCs. The only thing you got. Hey, B, you stay. Believe it. That's the only thing you got to do. There's no prerequisite to this, y'all. Now, you want to hear something even better than that? Well, it's not better than that, but it's still good. You no longer have to live your life trying to live up to a set of spiritual behavioral standards. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled and eradicated your requirement to live up to any sort of standard. That's why you don't live under the law. I know some of us may not believe this because so many rules were put into place under us and on top of us and all around us as kids, but you don't live under any sort of rule set. Now, am I saying that you can just go off and do whatever you want? I know a lot, I know a lot of you are probably thinking right now, Jaron, are you giving people a license to sin? Well, no, I'm not. But at the same time, yes, you can. You can do whatever you want. You know, just, I mean, scripture says everything is lawful, but not everything is beneficial. You know, you can, you're free to run in front of a bus if you want to. That doesn't mean it's a good idea. Paul talks about this in Romans 6. He says, should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? He says, absolutely not. In fact, he says that's stupid. He continues on to say that we are not to let sin reign in our mortal, mortal body. But here's the difference. We were raised to believe that we had to live up to a certain standard to make sure that sin didn't reign in our body. Now, with this understanding of the finality of the cross, we can believe to be true, because it is, we can believe to be true, that now our ability to avoid sin is just because of what Jesus did for us. It comes out of a natural place of believing that. And trust me when I say, it does happen naturally. Jesus fulfilled every law that we had to keep before he died. Because of Jesus, you can now live free as a believer. You can live freely. You can release yourself from the pressure of always trying to do things in your own effort. And y'all, let me tell you, that feels so good. When you release yourself from the pressure of always trying to maintain things on your own, I promise you, your life is going to change. 
because whether you realize it or not, if you're trying to sustain things on your own, you're living under a ton of pressure and it's damaging you and it's holding you back from living the spiritual life you probably want to live. And it was me. And that was one of the first steps of me shedding this old belief was realizing the fact that what Jesus did truly, truly, truly was enough. You can, you can rest in the fact that what Jesus did goes further than your salvation. It extends into every single part of your relationship with him. Ultimately, anything you do to add to the work that he did on the cross will wear you out and it's going to burn you out. And if you're feeling burnt out and worn out in your spiritual life, that might be why. You were never meant to carry the load of maintaining your spiritual life. Instead, you can sit back and you can relax in this. What Jesus did truly, really was enough. Do not, do not believe the lie that you have a part to play in all of this. Jesus bled and he died and he rose so you could be taken out of the equation. Don't put yourself back in it. There's nothing left for you to do. All you got to do now is sit back, rest and relax. (laughs) Grab a smoothie, sit back and relax. And what Jesus did for you, he already, he already did for you. There's nothing left for you to do. Now, I want to say one more quick thing while I'm here. Like I said the other day, I got a ton of messages from people who have completely walked away from God. I'm just saying that they experienced the same thing and they felt the same way that I did growing up. And the other day I was talking with my wife, Morgan, about all of this. And uh, we were just kind of talking about some of the things that we hear from, from people who walk away from God. And the number one thing I hear is this. It just didn't work for me. It never did. I hear that all the time. It just didn't, it just didn't work for me. I get that it works for some other people, but it just doesn't work for me. And if that's you, I want you to listen to this because here's what I've come to realize. It didn't work for you because it never was supposed to. It was not supposed to work for you the way that we heard it growing up. You were never meant and you were never supposed to live your your spiritual life based on your own self-effort. And that's what the majority of us were forced into. The reason that I the only reason that I was more successful in all of this than maybe some of you were is because I was better at playing a part in wearing a mask. The Bible says that that the law, which is religion, The law puts a veil over your eyes. It's a mask. It's all a masquerade. And I was just better at playing a part. But here's the thing. You want some good news? Resting in the finished work of Jesus does work. And here's why. Because it has nothing to do with you and your self-effort. And it has everything to do with Jesus living his life through you. It's a complete paradigm shift. A complete 180 to what we heard growing up. This spiritual life has nothing to do with you and your own self-effort and your ability to keep up the game. And it has everything to do with Jesus living his life through you. And guess what? That's effortless. That's effortless. I, when I rest, when I started resting in that, I saw the things that I wanted in my spiritual life just start to kind of happen naturally. 
and, and it happened way quicker and way easier and way more effectively than it ever did when I was trying on my own. So you can rest in that. Jesus was enough. Don't put yourself back in the equation, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that was a lot, but it really is so important and it's foundational. And it was one of the first things that really opened my eyes to some of the toxic things that I grew up with. And it was one of the first things that helped me um, realize what the truth was in all of this um, this life of of Christianity. And so I hope that was helpful. I hope you got a little bit of insight out of that. Um, if you did, I'm so glad. Let me know. I want to, I want to keep hearing from you all about how this is hopefully helping all of you and helping you realize some of the things that I realized. I want to hear from you. So let me know, um, how this is helping you and encouraging you and, um, opening your eyes to the spiritual life. Because once you start to realize this, it really is like scales falling off of your eyes for the first time. And so I want to hear from you. Let me know. Y'all, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for next week. I am not even going to say what we're going to talk about next week because, um, you know, obviously that might change. So, <laughs> but I promise you it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Um, and it's going to open your eyes just a little bit more to who Jesus is and who you are as a believer. That's what we're about at What If I Told You. Y'all, thank you so much. I love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.